Okay, so we'll start with a prayer. <sighs> mm, so grateful to be tuning within, taking a moment to center, connecting with everybody who's here and everybody who will listen later. Hmm. We acknowledge Spirit's presence in this moment as our very nature, divinely organizing everything, including this call. We allow Spirit to be in charge. We are open and grateful to receive the gifts of wisdom and clarity and insight. And we joyfully share these benefits, these learnings, and our light-filled energy with everyone, acknowledging ourselves in each person we meet. And so it is. Amen. Yeah. Well, we're a small group today, so I would think we would just stay together unless... Um, We do that sometimes in the other call if there's not a big group. No need to really break out. Let me just mute my phone. My mom. <laughs> so let's first review the question for today. So it was sent out in an email, but I usually just uh, share my screen and we read it together so everyone's clear. So today's topic was taken from last week's class on intuition, benefits, and signs. So today we are uh, invited to share an experience where you got clear intuitive guidance and did not follow it, and an experience of clear intuitive guidance and you did follow it. So comparing and contrasting the experiences, what did you learn? And so, oh, I also put that in the chat in case you need a reference to it. But just kind of thinking about that. And it's okay to share just one bit of it, maybe not the whole thing, but um, anybody who would like to start and share anything about um, your experiences following guidance and not following guidance. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead, Penelope. Thank you. Um, the example that I can give you, it's about 20 years ago now, where I got guidance and I actually realized I was afraid to follow it, um, was I took a, um, it was like a home study course, which was, 20 years ago, about 1,500 in pounds. I don't know what it would be in US dollars. And I, it was um, some kind of computer study thing. And I did have 14 days to cancel it. And I knew the day after I'd signed up for it that it wasn't right. And I was too afraid to say anything because I felt uncomfortable that I'd had, I'd had organized it all. I'd had somebody come visit me at the house. I'd agreed to it. And I just was felt too uncomfortable to get out of it. And I ended up, I didn't study it and I had to repay the money. Um, so that's where I didn't follow it. Um, again, about 20 years ago, the, the, these, I don't know why these stand out. Um, I had finished work one Saturday evening. I was on my way home and I had this thought to do a slight detour before I went home to purchase a lottery ticket. I didn't buy them on a weekly basis and I decided to just go and get one. And the next day when I looked at the results, I'd won a, about slightly more than actually that what that computer course had cost. It wasn't at the same time. There was gaps, years gap between these two incidences. But I just remember distinctly. And part of me didn't feel like I wanted to be bothered to do this detour. It was winter. It was dark. 
I just wanted to go home. I think it was around November time, maybe early December. And I really didn't want to do it. And I just thought, maybe I should just go and do it. And I, and I just got there in time before this local store was closing to, to purchase this lottery ticket. And I won this money. <laughs> That's two incidences. So cool. Any commentary on kind of what you learned or what, I don't know, looking back on it now? how you've the first incident i was just sharing about um agreeing to a home study and then realizing it wasn't right this shows up a lot in me where i'm too afraid to speak up or say something and i've since i've been doing masterful living i'm seeing it a lot more and then i can also look back over years of my life where and i can come up with many examples of it under many different circumstances and I, and it's either because I feel uncomfortable, I feel embarrassed or just too awkward or whatever it is to speak up and say something. Um, so yeah, that's been showing up a lot. So I've been doing um, work around that. Um, and I guess the example I've just shared, I mean, I, I get so many incidences where I do follow it my guidance and when I do and I've noticed since I've been doing master master for living that because I'm following it almost you know I'm like trying to check stay tuned in daily when I do my life flows and when I get where I'm thrown off my um my account from my spiritual seat then it just becomes uh, yucky crazy a bit chaotic um can't make decisions then so there's a very clear distinction um when i'm i'm in when i'm in my center i'll just start by saying thank you for sharing and thank you for starting our share and really cool for it yeah yes i want to thank penelope also because one time before you shared something about about um hearing the water under the sink you know i mean it was under the sink you didn't know but you just like you ignored that and and i've learned a lot from that um i don't get i don't get like you so many clear guide so much clear guidance but the distinction I'm beginning to see is that when I just get an urge, like a quick, if I, it's almost as though I see after I've acted, like I, like I just feel guided, you know, I guess, I guess I'll just do something. And then it's afterwards, I realize that I, I didn't think about what I was doing and it was the right thing. But the moment I start to have the thoughts or to doubt, you know, like if I, let's say something tells me um, to call somebody. If I just pick up the phone and call, I, I don't really hear to call somebody, but I just like get a, like I get a, some feeling in my body maybe and just I'll call somebody. But if I didn't follow that, because then in my mind, yeah, I would say, oh, I don't need to call her now or whatever the time is too late. When I go into a story in my head, then it becomes a problem because then I start to feel guilty and I get all kind of things. So I'm beginning to see that it is my own mind distracting me from my intuition and my guidance so i'm being more aware of that and just being like you said quiet and listening and when i do start my day off with that intention and i really stay and i check in often everything just flows very nicely for me for the day also and if i don't then i start to have all these things in my mind i need to do this i need to do that and I really don't need to do anything, but I put on that pressure on myself and it then, then it's chaos. So that's the only way I know how to really share as far as intuition for myself so far. So far. <laughs> Thank you. Corrine, that was lovely because I know we have shared before and I know you shared other times when 
and like I just thought that was a really good one when you made that decision that time not to give that lady the lift and that was a really good example because it all fell into place because it meant you wouldn't have made the call that night I think I think it was along that and that was a really good example I think I remember that I think it was that you didn't want to give someone a ride you really weren't feeling it and somehow you got to this point of being willing and then she cancelled <laughs> she's not remembering <laughs> it's okay I mean I think Penelope and I might have heard it, it, it I think the point was you were staying in that connection of the communication and things ended up working out. I feel like I feel like I remember you didn't have to pick her up. She canceled. Yeah. I remember that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was so beautiful, Corrine, and it just it did it reminded me as well when you just said about when you get into, you know, you allow your mind to take over and you start having all these thoughts. That's I've, I'm beginning to really see how much I block my intuition when I start doing that. And then it, this oh, yeah, yuck starts. Jump right in, Laurel, anytime you'd like. Hold on, I need a drink here. Okay, sure. Okay. Well, I just was thinking about how both, uh, you know, Penelope talking about how she was hearing. Hearing is that how is that how it is? Do you hear it or do you feel it, Penelope? Um, um I, I don't hear it in words. It just drops into my mind like thought mm -hmm. often. That's yeah. that's the main way that I, I get it. Sometimes I just get a very strong feeling to do something. Uh, so that's kind of the main ways I get it through. Mm -hmm. And Corrine, how would you say it is for you? I don't. I'm not sure. That's what I'm saying. I don't. Yeah. That's it what seems I'm... it's it seems to me that it's only it seems to me like almost like I'm carried through it. Like I just do something, and then it's afterwards that I realize that I did something. Yeah. You know, it's not like I plan it at it. You know, it just happens. Things just happen. Seem to happen. And so, um. But when when I when if I see myself in the action, and then I start to question, you know, thoughts, my own yeah. thoughts start, you know, start to battle with it. Then, you know, I I mess up whatever it is that was guiding me. I guess. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, still, the doubts, um, the doubts, are the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of those, yeah, so I'm beginning to, and then sometimes it's just plain resistance, you know, like I don't trust or whatever there is, you know, and um, yeah, it's it's getting a little bit clearer, but intuition per se, I don't have like messages or knowing or whatever, but Sometimes I just feel in myself like I, I just feel at peace when I know that is something that I'm doing that it's okay. And if I don't feel at peace, then then, then I know I interfered. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, because for me, when I you know looking at this question, in before 1995. I, I could hear or, or just would be in my brain um, very clearly and, and the intuition. And then after I had a, a head injury in 1995, I stopped being able to get any kind of um, guidance at all. And it's only been maybe in the last five years that I've started to get some, some more guidance. And it, but it's not like it used to be. It not, you know, so now 
I am trying to figure out what is what is exactly happening here. You know, how is this happening? Um, but I so can relate to Corrine what you're saying. When I know I'm doing something, I feel like I'm just <laughs> like a ball that just fell into the right slot. You know, and it's like, oh yeah, this is right. Um, and I don't even know really how I got there, but but I know it's right. And, um, and I certainly, of course, know when I'm anxious or agitated or worried, then I'm messing it up totally. Um, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna turn out well. Um, but the, but in terms of this question, what came up for me were incidents that happened, uh, before 1995 when I, when I was getting clear guidance. And it, it, the first one, and it had to do with my marriage. And it had to also do with a, another another man that I had really been in love with since I was in fourth grade. And uh, the, when I decided to get married, I was in a very dark place, very depressed, um, very lonely, and it seemed like marriage was going to be um, a way out of that. And my intuition was just screaming. <laughs> at me this is not good red light red light you know and because i felt so desperate and had no other alternatives and i just didn't want to go back to the way things were i just kept going forward in the mayor you know to on the marriage track and then i got pregnant uh, even before we got married not that we were trying but and we wanted children but i got pregnant and then uh, maybe a month before the wedding, I got a phone call from Steve, who was the guy that I had known since childhood. And he was um, like a world traveler, always doing these amazing things. And when, you know, we'd see each other and then he'd leave, but he'd never tell me really where he, I didn't ask, right? That was part of the relationship was just don't tie him down. Don't make him feel like, you know, I'm a, I'm a burden or I'm clingy. So I just never knew where he was or what he was doing. And, you know, just left it like that. But he, this phone call came, you know, sitting in bed with um, reading with Jeff beside me and he called and he told me he had just heard that I was getting married and that he was in shock. He said, because he said, I always thought that we would get married someday. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, so, what? Um, I just didn't even know what to do with that. So I, I didn't do anything and, you know, got married, had my daughter. And then when Julia was about two years old, uh, we were back in the hometown. And then um, I believe my husband was with me and Steve called up and said, let's meet for coffee. And I met him for coffee. And, and, and in 30 seconds, he said, I know you're not happy. I mean, he knew me well. And I was like, oh, no I've been busted you know oh I didn't even want to I didn't even want to recognize that myself and he said come with me he said I'll raise Julia as my daughter and I I knew in my heart that that was what my heart wanted but my head came in and said oh you were gonna be shamed you were gonna be seen as the you know the bad woman that left her husband, you know, and ran off with another man, and I couldn't take it. I just couldn't, I didn't feel like I could stand that kind of criticism or shame, and um, so I said, you know, I, can't, I just can't do it. So, you know, I just, I, uh, it's just one of those, you know, those crossroads in your life, and you look back, and you know, if you had turned right instead of left, uh, a completely different life would have happened, but, you know, that's, uh, it didn't so that was my choice and um so i ended up divorcing uh, my husband when my daughter was about four or five and i called steve and i said um i'm free you know i'm finally free and <laughs> silence on the other end of the phone he said my girlfriend's pregnant and we're getting married this week and i just went oh so interesting karma on that one. Um, but boy, is that to me, that was like when I thought of that last night, I, I just, oh, it was hard to even contain all the feelings that I felt about it. And I still do have feelings about it. Um, and that's like, you know, 35 years later. <sighs> so, um, 
I, I certainly see some opportunities for forgiveness, especially self-forgiveness um, in this case. And, and I'm, so I'm glad that it came up. Um, I'm grateful that this came up. So on the other hand, um, when I could hear spirit clearly and I followed spirit's advice, spirit one day told me to, I, had, I was out of work. This is when I just had been divorced and I just had no money at all. And I hadn't done my career in about seven years. And in, in, in nursing, that's like, you know, you're like archaic at that point that no one wants to hire you. But I kept getting this message that I was supposed to go um, interview at a, a certain psychiatric hospital, which I had no interest in at all. But I was kind of desperate, so I went. And I just thought, I don't know anything about this. And, you know, Spirit, if you want me to be there, you're just going to have to help me. And sure enough, when I sat down and the director of nursing was asking these questions, which I, I really hadn't, I had no knowledge of these things. So I just had to use my intuition to answer these questions. And apparently my intuition did a really good job because I was hired. And it, it began my career with, with something that I loved. And I never would have chosen it. Yeah, so thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Very captivating. I was like, very. <laughs> I could have listened for another thirty minutes. I <laughs> the drama, right? The drama. No, just, just. I don't know the way you told it. I felt very. It was just very engaging. Very interesting, very intense. Yeah, very intense, yeah. I, I could identify um, different stories, but I could identify with these same things that you're talking about there mm -hmm. too. And at the end, when you when you mentioned the, um, um, the, it felt to me, the last part, like you were pushed along. And that's how yeah. I've been feeling myself, my life, that I've been pushed along you know, and and for good, for for good choices, for good things, in spite of all the b wrong choices that I was making and all the way I was beating myself up, I still had that little angel or you know whoever just pushing me along, and that's what brought me all the way here. So, yeah, whatever it is that we did, that I did, or that turned around, you know, what we had that we hang, I think we give it away at some point. Because we all come in with that light and something happens or whatever or many things, who knows? Because I don't remember that much. But, but yeah, it sounded very familiar too. Thank you for sharing. You know, that push that you talk about, Corrine, to me, um, I, I, um, my image is of a tailwind where, you know, where when you're, a plane is going, I think it's from west to east, um, the the trade winds, I guess, help it move. So it always gets there faster than when if you're going the other way, it always takes longer. Um, so that's what that push feels like to me. And I love how you described before, like a ball in the right, it's like a groove. I've always thought of that like in a pinball machine where yeah, yeah, yeah. like not that way or, you know, there's just a way that you're in a groove and you're, you're able to get a lot of momentum and it just easy. So many ways to describe that, but I am. Um... Yeah. 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 So just if anyone who's just joined us, we decided to stay as a big group in case you're wondering. Um, and if you'd like to jump in at any point, um, feel free. I have the question in the chat, but I'm not sure if you join late, if you can see the chat, but I'll put it again. Uh, so, but we can continue as well, because I just trust people will jump in when they want to. So, Did you want to say something, Penelope? I'm doing that again to you. 
Yeah, you keep doing this to me. <laughs> I see your face and I interpret it, and that's not nice. I'm thinking of something, but I can't remember the full details. That's why I'm hanging back. Okay. I'll wait in case yeah. it comes to me. Okay, so I see the thinking, and it's like I should just let people do their thing. But um, I was actually thinking to share um it's not fun for me to remember this, but when I uh, was in relationship with my now husband, we had been apart and we had been long distance. We had been in different countries. And um, there were times where we would come together and some of his behavior felt very suspicious to me. So here I'm dealing with kind of insecure feelings and suspicion and sorting out and I was just new to masterful living. So I'm dealing with all those different um, influences, like aware of my own insecurity, plus let's just say his behavior and my judgments all swirled around so that I remember a couple occasions where because I was insecure and suspicious, I was also at times um, digging a little bit and looking a little bit like over his shoulder and being like, what's going, you know, cause I, it's like, I didn't want to know that he was maybe flirting with someone or having conversation or more that I didn't know about. And um, I went through a lot of that in our relationship in the beginning, because I just would feel signs and be like, Oh, that's not, I mean, and again, then it has to go through, so it goes to the place where I'm not comfortable. Some things that's happening, I'm not comfortable with it. It's just, um, I also didn't have the skills to speak about um, what, maybe even what, what about that wasn't comfortable. Let's say it's long distance and he's interpreting it like, well, it's long distance. So I'm going to do my thing. When we're together, that's cool. But when we're not, I'm doing my thing. And he, we never, I was too afraid to have that conversation. So he's behaving in a way that I would say he felt was fine. And I'm starting to get very nervous and insecure. And there are moments where I'm seeing what somebody might call a red flag. But again, as I learned more about the course, it was just like, oh God, I'm creating this. And so it was really hard to sort through um, just knowing the divine alarm clock was going off, but did it mean um, he was doing something wrong or it meant it just was like I was outside of my comfort with what I was interpreting was happening. So it happened several times and to the point when we first got married, there was a relationship that surfaced after we got married that was very upsetting to me, but really that same behavior was continuing where I was suspicious and searching a little and digging a little and finding things that were evidence, you know, cause that's where my mind was. So, but spirit really, it was weird cause I didn't know if it's spirit or I'm on the ego detective team and I'm like having so much loss of peace and so much suffering really just this, this is not fun. And even to say that all my investigation did bring up something that became um, a point of, you know, a relationship he had had um, during our, I guess, when we were engaged. And um, it wasn't just one. There was another person who reached out to me. And so this is just for me to say that I couldn't even sort out what was intuition and what was insecurity and what was fear. And I think that my, the evolution has been now that, um, you know, and again, like Laurel said, is like then a huge forgiveness opportunity came in what I feel like what I was presented with. So again, ultimately it's all used for our healing and our good. So even though I wasn't a master intuitive <laughs> um, perceiver and, you know, executor uh i did tons of forgiveness work and um 
I think it was really that our relationship going from special to holy, especially right after marriage, it was like this opportunity to let go of needing to control what he does and being on top and, and just seeing how that created my own suffering. So now I feel like, like Karina, I might get an idea, like it feels like an inspired idea. I had one to throw like a housewarming party, which I would normally not have a party. I just don't do those things. And I got another one to do a party in a couple weeks. And it's just to bring people together. And it feels really good. And the energy is really good around it. It's just really high and exciting to me. So those are the ways I know I'm in the flow, let's say. And I'm, um, yeah, I just feel like what I've learned is I'm one with spirit. So what I really feel comfortable with is my guidance. So it's not so much always a separate idea coming in. It's like my idea that feels really peaceful is spirit's idea. Our minds are joined. So that's the other thing that it's become less of waiting for it and more going with what's in my mind. And as Corrine, you said, like not arguing with it. So there's a lot that I'm getting from this conversation, which I'm not sure is gelling into one share, but I'm just pulling out some of the ways that I'm um, relating to this topic. So thank you for listening. I love what you just said about that. If it feels good in your mind and it's, (laughs) who cares if it's your thought or spirit's thought because you're one. Thank you. That really, really, really helps me, Angela. <laughs> I love it. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 I feel like that just took me a step forward in all of this. So, yeah, really appreciate that. Good. <laughs> Angela, that, that, that for me as well was really powerful um, be, because it, it, it kind of reinforces when you're talking about when it just feels good. And I think sometimes that that's what I think I must get when I say I'm like just in the flow because I'm just getting that sense to do something. So it's not where I get the words dropping into my mind. It's just this sense to do something and it feels good. Um, I mean, I got really thrown today earlier on today and I ended up writing a forgiveness letter this afternoon um a few days ago I I I was going back to teaching my Tai Chi classes and I things didn't flow I'd gone to set up early so I could feel like I'd was set up and prepared before people started arriving and it didn't work out like that I couldn't get in the parking area easily where I would normally park and there there was a new caretaker still cleaning the room and there was this succession of of things happened and and so it felt like by the time I was actually starting the class it felt like I was in it felt chaotic for me it felt chaotic and afterwards I was thinking about it and thinking that when there's multiple things going on around me I I find it quite difficult to stay in my centre and this morning, my, my husband and I were in the supermarket and we'd just gone to the checkout and we were talking to the lady on the checkout that we know. And there was an incident taking place some way away from us. And th- there was a, a young guy had gone in and he was asked to, pr- to present some ID to prove his age because he was purchasing alcohol. And he became very verbally abusive. And many of the staff were, were passing comments and there, was, there were customers in other lines for queues passing comments. And, and afterwards, I felt really unsettled by it. And really, it just felt, I don't know, just I suppose it was this kind of like same sense of chaos around me. Um, and uh, it brought partly brought into mind Nadia on on the Monday class was sharing about how she prays for peace, for world peace every day. And I was like, yeah, I can understand why she prays for world peace every day. 
and uh, and then in the other hand i was thinking it felt quite hopeless because in those moments i was saying the ho'oponopono to myself but it but i was like couldn't really get in the groove of it and i felt like i wasn't being helpful and i didn't want to energize what was happening around me and and then later on today my husband and i had to make some decisions and i just got into place i just really had no idea what to do and i wrote a forgiveness letter and what I was writing about was how I'm not don't feel able to stay in my in my center and to stay in that place of peace and it becomes this sense of chaos and then I really don't know what is spirit and what's my ego kicking in and, and what came up was um, it was actually I go to an holistic dentist and I've been going to for years to this holistic dentist and he he'd sent, said to me about 20 years ago oh I I didn't handle stress very well. And what I realized was I'd actually taken on and believed what he'd said. And I realized that when there's this sense of multiple things going on around me, I was struggling to stay in my center and, and I'd taken on this belief. I'm not saying it's the only reason, but it was very, very clear in this forgiveness letter that it seems to be part of it. And it was really painful to write and and I was releasing a lot of emotion as I was writing it. And and that was so helpful, what you talked about, that when we're in that flow, it just feels so right, so peaceful. Whereas this afternoon, I knew I didn't feel right. And, it, and I just couldn't make decisions. I couldn't, you know, decide on anything. And it was only when I wrote the forgiveness letter that I came back to that place of peace again. Yeah, thank you. What I'm what I'm hearing in our shares are that because um, when I was saying I was kind of in my little storm of insecurity, it was just kind of so messy that. But what I love what you did is that there was um, you took a step toward being kind to yourself and allowing your feelings to come out, which then allows us to be more discerning. So I think this is going to be part of the journey is we're not always in our center because things are coming up to be healed and released and acknowledged. And I can't, I can't forget what Rieko shared in one of our calls one time, which was like, sometimes I think we're anticipating being perfect and being in our center all the time, but he, we're here to heal. So we're going to be, <laughs> given circumstances that take us off center so that more comes up and is released and then we get back in, then we can hear. But we're hearing maybe that we're hearing something. We're hearing we're not comfortable. We're hearing there's something, there's a judgment. And I get those judgments in public when I ever hear people swearing at each other. I had people fight outside of my house and like spitting on each. It was really difficult for me. And I did, same like you, I didn't feel helpful because my mind was saying, this shouldn't be happening. This is not okay. And I don't like this energy even in my awareness or field or near my house. And I was trying to tell my husband, like, we should call the police. Um, and I lived above a domestic violence-like couple who would get into arguments, screaming, and you could hear that they were, like, attacking each other. It's very challenging for me. And... Yet I always watched my husband who was just like, what do you want me to do? Because he saw me so upset. And I noticed that, wow, without judging it, then, then maybe you can be helpful. But I wasn't there yet. So it's like dealing with my own feelings first. And I think when my parents fought as a kid, I think these things happen. They recreate that fear I had that I'm not safe and the world is not safe. And... um I didn't have another way of seeing fighting, arguing, dispute, other than fear. I never had any other reaction. So I'm just saying that I think this is part of how it goes down. 
we get out of the flow, we do our healing work, and we get back in. It's not always feel fun, but it's important. So awesome that you did a forgiveness letter. You are the queen of those. We get to give you a sash. <laughs> Angela, that was, you know, it's like what I just love it when you share because it's just so poignant, the things that you say. And, yeah, it resonates for me when you talk about, you know, when as a child, when you watch your parents fight and all you knew was fear. And I mean, I it, not so much my parents fighting, but it, there was a, there was a lot of uh, verbal abuse from my father's side. And so I always, I always lived in that sense of always being, it was almost like being on alert all the time, waiting for it to start again. So it was like he was either very sweet, and when he was very sweet, it was very lovely. But then it didn't take much for him to become abusive. So then it would become, and I'm talking about verbally abusive, never physically abusive. And so it was like sitting on the time bomb, waiting for it to kick off again. And so that's all I really kind of remember was just a lot of fear all the time. And and that's where it feels like I'm not happy in comfortable in a lot of chaos. And certainly when it gets like you're talking about outside your home. So this morning, I mean, you know, this guy in the supermarket got so verbally aggressive and it was like in, when we got. Oh, like she was just snatched right off stage. Oh, good. Sorry, my connection keeps breaking. Um, yeah, when we got him back in the car, I could physically feel my heart hurting. And like, oh, I just, I want to be helpful. And I just really didn't feel helpful in that moment. And it, and it was so helpful when you just shared now that, you know, it's like, yeah, sometimes we can stay in our centre and we're healing, so we're going to not be in our centre at times. And it was that's so helpful to be reminded of that. And and it, like, yeah, it's okay. Um, and it's and it is exactly as you said, which I was laughing at when you say we just think we're going to be perfect all the time, and we're not going to be. And I I would like to be. I don't know. I'm not. Um, I just wanted to add to that, that um, because Jennifer helped me a lot with those because I was very, very sensitive like that. And I picked up people's pains and all these kind of things for so much of my life. It's ridiculous. But when I heard Jennifer say dysfunctional compassion and double, multiplying the pain, I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to do those things, you know. And I really learned from that. I mean, not right away. You know, it took a little time. But I started to realize, yeah, the neighbors are arguing. The, this guy is yelling to, you know, at his little child. And I'm feeling the body sensations in me because I'm so upset. And I learned from being in class with Jennifer and from all the sharing to just allow it to be. Just allow the pain to just you know, breathe in, call in the Holy Spirit, pray for them, whatever I could do to come out of that um, dysfunctional compassion thing, and it's been helped. What I have found really valuable in light of this is that I see now that things being having some some i guess rocky time it's it's actually a good thing because it's bringing up um things to heal and and i know i when i speak with my daughter um who's you know not a student of the course at all um but you know i tell her that you know love 
is powerful. So it's going to bring up whatever it needs um, for your healing. And so that's going to look like sometimes that things aren't going well in the relationship. But, but just know that those are the signs that actually is going really well. If you can really just be with these things and address them and know that they are really for your own good and for your healing. And I just wish that somehow just that way of looking at life and relationships was more understood and in a broader way so that people wouldn't freak out when they're having these, you know, these challenges in, in their love relationships. They don't have to leave each other or get divorced, you know. I mean, of course, some do, but in general, you know, because I know I didn't know this in, my, in, in any of my relationships. And I wished I had. Yeah. And what's coming to me is that these healing moments when we choose to be self-loving. So if Penelope, you're in the car and you're noticing your body is now, because of what you were thinking, your body is now feeling uncomfortable. When we are loving to ourselves in those moments, to me, I don't, I don't really always see it this way, but it's kind of a joke or playfulness, which is like when you're loving to yourself, um, team love gets a point. You know, if you get uncomfortable, you're reacting in fear, and then you judge yourself for it, and then you feel like you don't respond in love to yourself, you know, then you, then team love <laughs> doesn't get a point. But like what I've, I remember Jennifer says often is like, um, it's every mistake or uh, upset can be an opportunity for more love to be expressed. Like in the end, like final word is, um, oh, wow, I noticed this is very challenging for me because when I was like sitting upstairs one time and the couple was fighting beneath me and there was just like primal roaring like and you heard things crashing you could tell they were hitting each other I mean I can't you could just tell it was really aggressive um I left the house and so I think that was taking care of myself because I really wasn't doing well just sitting upstairs doing ho pono pono the vibration of coming up through the floor <laughs> was going right into my body I didn't really have time to violet flame myself and whole pono pono and continue working on my computer. I actually called the police and I left the scene. Um, and to say that I did anything wrong, well, I don't know. That was the best I could do. And so I think it's also just realizing. Yeah, I think it's if we, if we don't participate in the judging of the self and we participate in the kindness and the love of of helping ourselves get through it, then it's really a win, actually. But congratulations on calling the police because I probably would have been scared to do that. And then when I would have walked out, which I probably would have done, then I would have been feeling guilty about not calling the police. And my mind would just go on and on until I get sick physically. <laughs> this, you know, I yeah. mean, these old patterns, you know, I'm not like that anymore. But you did something, and that's what it is about taking one step. The courage to do that is what I'm beginning to develop and to understand and to see that it's okay. And and it's it's good. It's a good thing. So... Yeah, that's congratulations. Yes, it, it felt kind of cowardly in that literally my mind was telling me because it's like I just finished spiritual counseling training, so I'm thinking, you know, I should go to their door. Like, I don't need the police, but actually, you know what? That was cool because I actually gained this appreciation for the police that when that when something's beyond your capability to go to the door and say, can I help you? Or to even not to be like that ridiculous, but to say, but almost to face it really like I'm upstairs and this is not okay for me. But I mean, that's not what my instinct told me to do. And 
Yeah. I don't know I would have done it any differently, only that I think I would have talked to myself more kindly to know that I'm, even though this is happening, I am safe. I can move away. I can leave. It's okay. It's kind of like, okay, Angela, whatever you need now, what, what do you need? Do you want to, okay, we'll leave. Okay. But like also to know that not to conclude that I'm unsafe they are not okay. Not to conclude these things that perpetuate this same fear, which will come up again and again. Um, because I know that, I don't know, it came to me recently that I'm not saying that to hit another person or to do this is going to ever have a helpful outcome. But if I were to put a label on it that didn't have any judgment, is they were just releasing their emotions in the way that they know how. And that kind of a story, if I have to have one, takes me like doesn't add to my fear of the world and the violence and the aggression of the world that feels so that makes me feel helpless. And that's what I would relate back to my parents. They were doing their best. They were expressing their frustration about each other. And they were hurting, actually. They were hurting my parents. And they were defending each other, themselves. And they were hurting. Yeah. In the end, it's always better to let it out than to hold it in. That's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. That's why I, I really appreciate the forgiveness letters now. And, you know, I wasn't doing them as much before. And I'm really seeing, and the sharing that we do with each other, the talking, just just bringing something up, even if it comes out crooked and you don't really understand what the other person is saying. And because I, I feel that way sometimes that I don't know if I said anything that could be understood really well, but just, you know, having the space and being able to share all those things are making a shift, are helping shift things for us, whether we see it or not at the moment. So it's it's actively doing something instead of just keeping it in there. So thank you. And, and, I mean, I want, I do believe having worked in the mental health field you know there's a line you know that's where people are violent they can be very violent and so you know it's it's a good thing to take care of yourself in in your safety you know that's a loving thing to do as well to err i would say on the side of being cautious I love the ground we've covered. <laughs> so fun. I just thought of something. Um, another example of it's not following my intuition, but First of all, I was led not to go back. I mean, I wasn't led in my mind. I didn't want to go back and renew um, this class that I'm doing once a week with little kids that are seven years old. Um, it's only once a week, and it's about teaching in the you know for the church, like before for the, for them to do their first communion. I did it last year, and this time I said I'm not gonna go do it, and I wrote her a letter and told her that I wasn't gonna do it, but I still wasn't sure. And I was still thinking to myself, and I go through that with just about everything that I'm asked to do. So anyway, I let it go. And then one day I went to church and another lady who was part of it came to me silently in my ear. And she just said, I hope you'll change your mind about about coming back to, to this thing. And then she left. She didn't even stay for a response. She just left. So I went back and I thought, 
thought about it again. I'm not sure I might have shared it with with um, some of my prayer partners uh, in Masterful Living. But then I thought to myself, okay, why did I really not want to go? I gave excuses about this, about that. Every excuse that I came up with for not going back again was not really a strong excuse. I mean, it wasn't really something, you know, important. So I said to myself, well, if I really don't have an excuse and I'm being asked to do something, maybe I should just do it. So when I went and I wrote her another letter, the one in charge, and she wrote me back, she says, oh, God answers prayers. Thank you, <laughs> because we're still short, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm saying all that because I went twice last week and yesterday and when I come out of that class and I'm seeing the kids' faces and remembering what happened and I see myself smiling, I'm discovering hidden, tucked away somewhere, love and joy in my heart that I would have prevented myself from letting, you know, from releasing out of myself because I, for whatever reason, I just didn't want to do it. It's again back to that fear of 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 whatever <laughs> whatever it is but i was given that second sign which i listened to from that sec- the lady that came to me and asked me a second time so it wasn't intuition but it was more listening you know kind of i listened to her and then i listened to and i went back to spirit now that i'm equipped with spirit <laughs> and i'm connecting more and i talk to spirit and i look for answers and since I felt it was okay to do it I did it and now I'm getting evidence that it was the right thing so it's not like I know in advance but as I'm walking and taking the chance and going on faith I'm discovering so that's so that's not an intuition exactly but that's the way that I can express it for myself Hi, this is Nadia. Can you hear me? Hi, Nadia. Hi. I've been um, off and on with with internet, so but I've been listening and tuning in, and um, um, I had a very um, specific in, intuition incident yesterday. Sorry about the glare. On the on a train, I'm in Portland, Oregon, and it it really ties in, I think, to everything that's been discussed. So. I was, I got on the train and I sat down. I'm in a good mood, la di da. <laughs> and these two teenage girls come on and they're kind of like somewhat tough girls. You know, one of them's using the B word and the one who's using the B word. And, and as they walked in, I thought, oh, you're welcome to sit by me in my heart. And so the one using the B word sat right across from me because the seats were facing each other. She had a scooter and the scooter she positioned next to her. And she had her legs across two seats while she was uh, facing her friend on the other side. And I saw that scooter, and I know that the train comes to sudden stops here and there. And I projected, <laughs> I calculated the projectile path of that scooter and where it would hit in the event, like the handlebars, where the handlebars would hit in the event that the train stopped. And I looked, and it was like, okay, right next to my leg. And I thought in that moment, do I need to move? And I said, no, I'm fine. And I already like tuned in, looked, looked at it, had no emotional response at all, and just sat there and continued to think, okay, I don't know what these girls are doing, but I'm in a good mood. And so sure enough, the train came to stop. The scooter basically jolted towards me and hit the spot right next to my leg so close that I could kind of feel like a little, a sharp gust of air touched my leg, but that was it. And I didn't even look up because I already knew it was going to happen. And I already knew that I didn't care because I already tuned in and spirit told me whatever. (laughs) But this was the healing moment was the girl. And I didn't look up at all, but I could see the girl from my peripheral. And she was looking at me and looking at the scooter and had this oh shit moment. (laughs) And I didn't respond instantly at all. And instantly it was like almost like I was saying, you're innocent, you know. You didn't do anything wrong. I don't care what words you're using. I don't care who you think you are or what people think or tell you you are or who you're not, but you're a son of God and you're innocent. I mean, I didn't go through that exact progression, but that's in my heart. That's really where I, where I maintained. Um, and, and life went on. 
what I'm so grateful for was that I had that moment where she's looking at me like, oh shit, I'm in trouble. And I'm like, not even acknowledging that trouble exists. Trouble didn't find me and it didn't find her around me. And I feel like I really blessed her. And I don't know what she's going through, but she's going to be words on a train. She's, she's got some, you know, ego things happening in her life, but I, I didn't respond to that. And I, I let her know that she's, she's fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. <laughs> and I felt like that was a very empowering moment where all my practice, my intuitive um, tuning in said, okay, look, this is what you can do. You can bless others by not reacting to the chaos they think they're in because it's not there and you're I want to share that story. You know, I don't always want to be the first to respond because then people, because they want to, <laughs> but thank you. That was beautiful. And it reminds me of the idea of like forgiveness, meaning nothing, nothing ever happened. I think to forgive, yeah. Oh, I love that, Nadia. That's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful um, account um, of of something that I I, I didn't even I had no idea you were going to go there. <laughs> so I, it's beautiful. I know what a surprise! Like, oh look, nothing happened, yeah. and the teenage girl is innocent, just as God created her. <laughs> yes, I love that. So much. And me too. And you too. <laughs> thank you and thank you for um staying on the call or doing whatever you could to be here in the moments you could i felt like i had to share that story and i, and I was like was getting on two trains <laughs> to get here to share that story because <laughs> um, i called in through the iphone and i didn't know how to mute myself it wouldn't come through. oh star that was my my technical star six yeah okay. now i know <laughs> yeah good yeah thank you cool that feels like a very powerful ending for us and i'll just open the space up for anyone who would like to just pray us out and um, I'm happy to open that space up if you're feeling called. So much goodness here. I'm doing like you and interpreting Penelope's face. You are? <laughs> that she wants, that raise she your wants hand to. Times. Laurel, you <laughs> raise your hand? Yeah, rock it out. Go for it. Oh, well, unmute you. Okay, Laurel, got it. You're muted right now. Okay. Okay. That was interesting. <laughs> okay, let's put our hands over our heart. <sighs> Take a nice deep breath, a nice slow and easy deep breath of gratitude and love. Just let that gratitude and love circulate throughout your whole body, going through your bloodstream, going into each of your cells. Take in that love and have it be everywhere around you in your in your energy body so that you're just letting yourself relax into the love and the gratitude. Holy Spirit, we're so, so, so glad, so happy and grateful for this coming together today, for us being able to share beautiful things um, about being a human and about our hearts and things that have happened to us that have had a lot of meaning and to be able to be received in such a beautiful way and to just listen to each other and just feel the the closeness of just having such a an understanding of what it's like and each of us sharing I feel like really has added to my understanding of being a human. And I'm just very grateful for everything that everybody said. So I know that I felt healing from this this group meeting today. And, and if everybody else did too, what a beautiful, blessed time 
that we've had together. And may this healing and love be shared by all beings, especially our masterful living, uh, beautiful, beautiful souls that we're on this journey with. And for everybody else who is on the path, whether they know it or not, um, of moving towards love, understanding that that's who we truly are. So with that, I know that just by asking uh, for that sharing, it is already done because we are one. And so for that, I say amen. Amen. <sighs> amen. Beautiful. Thank you, ladies. That was beautiful. And thank you for that beautiful prayer. Mm. Thank you, everyone. Mm. Yes. What a lovely sharing. So glad I'm here with you all. So glad. Okay. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs>